Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast, where we discuss all things thought work and manifestation, but we use neuroscience and the study of the brain to do so. I'm your host, Tessa Spizak. I'm a board-certified practitioner, master life and health coach, and seasoned executive speaker. If you're ready to create your highest value lifestyle and turn your dream life into a reality, you're in the right place. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome in. And as always, thank you so, so much for spending your time with me here today as we discuss our session on some lifestyle development coaching. I hope you're feeling just wonderful today, however, and wherever you're listening in from. I'm always so excited to watch the numbers grow and happy to see that our community here on the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast, I mean, based on tracked downloads, has surpassed 30 countries. Woohoo! 30. That's so cool. So hello to everyone. I know right now I am feeling like a million bucks. I just got back to Austin. We were in Napa, California. We were taking some wine tours. Oh my gosh, these vineyards are incredible. And these houses, or should I even say castles or mansions that they sit on. And did you know that they store the wine in caves out there? Yeah, we got to explore the wine caves. And you'd come out and there's beautiful flowers and beautiful vineyards everywhere. And we were celebrating my birthday and a big birthday too, whole new decades. So this is a special one. And really, I felt like I was on cloud nine. It was one of the most stunning places. Like I said, it smelled so good. It was sweet, like flowers or grapes. We kind of joked that it looked like Whoville or something out of the Wizard of Oz in some areas because it was just so pristine. And I have the same thoughts that I think anyone who's on a beautiful vacation or holiday, I think everyone thinks this at least once, is like, man, I'd be so happy living here all of the time. Like, how could you ever be sad if this is where you lived? You know, something along those lines. With all the beautiful sights and scents, everything hitting all of your senses in such a pleasing way, it kind of gives you that euphoric feeling, really. Now, of course, no matter where you are, how incredible it is, how much it looks like the Wizard of Oz, we don't get to escape the human experience. And it's not always perfect, but it is important to preface what we're going to talk about today. And I want you to think about it Somewhat in the opposite as well, right? We have the euphoric feeling when we're going in somewhere beautiful, but think about season changes when it's not so beautiful, especially if you live in an area where there are pretty dramatic seasons, right? When it warms up, when it's springtime, things are coming to life. It's turning green. The flowers bloom. The sun's usually out longer. I think we all feel a bit better, or a lot of people do. You feel more rejuvenated, almost like you're waking back up. But that even has its opposite, especially when the environment is harsh or cold or rainy, just gray, maybe doesn't get a a lot of sun. Hello, seasonal depression for a lot of people. Now, of course, that's just one example that yes, your environment does affect how you feel, 
But there are so many other parts of your life, right? Just because you live in the most incredible, pristine area or have the most beautiful views, that doesn't mean that there aren't other things that have made it into your headspace. And that's what I want to talk about today, is what is making it into your headspace? What are you thinking about? What are you talking about on a regular basis? Because everything we see and everything we take in does eventually take up some space in the brain, right? The more we think about it, the more our head goes somewhere, the more likely it is to do it again. Neurons that fire together, wire together. So I want you to go through this exercise in your life. Let's look at some different factors. Here's an easy one. It's a really tangible, easy one. Think about social media. How do you feel? Let's take some stock, take account. How do you feel when you scroll down your feed? You know, other than your friends or things like that, maybe you're following someone or maybe a bunch of people who have something that you want, maybe have something in their life that you want. I want you to check in, but how do you feel when you see their posts? Do you feel inspired and motivated? Maybe seeing that thing that they did or maybe what they created or living out their dream career making the money that you want to make, whatever it is. They have the body that you're working towards. Does seeing that they have these things make it feel real to you? That since you see someone actually doing it, that means you can get it too, and it helps you visualize that you have these things. Or do you follow funny accounts or happy accounts, something that makes you smile and feel good? By all means, keep following these people. This is what you want. This is what you want going into your headspace. Just like being in the beautiful place that can kind of give you that euphoric feeling, something as simple as what we see on our social media can do the exact same thing. But what if that's not the reaction that you're having? Do you get some serious FOMO, like fear of missing out? Or worse, do you start to down yourself in some way? You know, saying something like, oof, I don't like my life that much man, I wish it was as good as theirs or I was as good as them or, man, looking at their body makes me really not like mine. Looking at what they have, their material objects, makes me question how much I like my own, right? Then this, my friends, is where you've got to clean house. Go through and purge out anyone who you don't want to see their stuff. Maybe they post negative or angry things that really just put you in a crappy mood for a bit, or maybe even the rest of the day. Quit giving that residency in your headspace. And yeah, okay, that is just social, but not there. I'm challenging you to do this in all areas of your life. And I think it's a good time to do it too. We're coming up on halfway through the year. It's a really good time to take some inventory. Start taking some stock into what you're bringing into your existence, how this thing affects you, and, you know, if you want to make any modifications to that. I know I'm definitely doing that right now, especially coming up on kind of a big deal birthday, you know, coming into a new decade. It really had me evaluating where I am, where I want to go, where I've been, what I've learned, all of it. But all the things that we attach to us, we bring with us. 
And so back to our example, okay, say you're not even on social media and that doesn't affect you, right? I'm just talking about things that are in your attention and in your, your line of sight. Think about even the people that are physically in your life. How do you feel when you're around them or maybe after you hang out with them? My family taught me something and there's sometimes that you need to look at people in your life, the people that you spend the most time around and think about them in one of two ways. There are some people who really charge your batteries, right? They fill you up. They energize you. And there's others that drain you. They take your energy. They make you feel worse. So out of the people in your life, who are you giving your attention to? There's nothing I love more than being around those people who just light you up. You know, the people who make you feel ready, like you're inspired to work or challenge yourself or level up something. I don't know. The people who make you feel like you want to take a sprint, right? But then on the other hand, there are people who just drain your battery. It's like they take your light source or your comfort. And I know it can be hard, but for your own state of mind and for you to really be able to create your lifestyle, you have to regulate and you have to regulate yourself. And if someone comes around and they dysregulate you in a way that's not good for you, again, I think that's an important sign that we've got to take some stock and where your energy is going, at least the majority of it. And I'm not saying that you have to cut everyone off completely, but just evaluate where your time is being spent, where your thoughts are being spent. And it can feel painful. I'm not saying that's easy. Ugh, I did have a friendship breakup or break or however you call it. And I felt really guilty about it for quite some time, but it was necessary for me. This friend was really such a kind person, so considerate, and would literally give you the shirt off of their back if you needed it. And for the most part, they were really loving to me. And that's where, that's where it made me feel a bit guilty. But this person was always in crisis mode. Now, I'm not talking about their life was in crisis. That's a completely different story. No, this friend was very fortunate. They were safe. Everything was going on and pretty easy. But it seemed that they got their excitement, right? Their get up and go from finding something that throws it off, really creating issues and like to be in a panic or freaked out, right? It was a probably a coping mechanism in some way. And I'm not going to get into that, but they began to demand so much time and energy from me. And when they weren't in that negative space and it was great, you know, the lovely friend that I liked was around they started to try to talk me out of the things that were good for me. You know, the, oh, you don't have to do that thing that you promised yourself you would do. Kind of just had a very screw it, life happens to you attitude, which is clearly the opposite of what I think. And they would even lightly tease me about choices that were really good for me and intentional choices that I had that were healthy for me healthy for my mental health, for my physical health. Like say I chose a salad over a burger, right? Or prioritized working out over drinking in a movie. I did my best to help them and really set healthy and respectful boundaries. But unfortunately I knew them. And at least in this current time, that wasn't going to happen. Yet I found myself because of this, after every interaction with my stomach and knots, I would feel 
anxious or drained when I was around them or even after. I mean, it got to the point that even thinking about this person would really give me that same anxious, panicky feeling that they were creating, that energy that they were always putting out. And it was so unfortunate and I hated to do it, but I had to remove myself. I was physically starting to take on that energy. Now, and again, I know that's not something simple and it is pretty tangible, but sometimes you don't want to remove them completely. Or there are some people that you're forced to interact with and there are people who throw you off, right? Same way. They just change your energy. Maybe it's at work or school or frankly, maybe in your home or someone in your direct circle that you just have contact with. You might not be able to change the way they act and unfortunately that response, but you can change the priority along with having that boundary. What I mean by that is you can change and manipulate how much energy you're able to give to them and how to interact with them, that it's less draining for you. And I'm going to get to how in just a little bit, but it'll make more sense if we continue on with this example. Let's go just a little bit deeper first. Because we can understand something that's so direct, right? Something that's very physical in our environment, like where we are. Also, what we are spending a lot of time looking at, like things like social media, the people around us, how they can affect us internally, either in a really positive or really negative way. But what about some of the things that aren't as directly obvious? You guys, this is something I've learned and it's been a game changer for me, but I have become such a stickler for what I consume when it comes to entertainment, things like movies, radio, music, shows, all of that. I'm start with music because especially music, my whole library has really shifted. I mean, I used to be able to listen to anything, you know, regardless of the lyric, as long as had a good beat, they could do a little dance dance too, right? But not anymore. I really, at this point, refuse to listen to anything that is derogatory or derogatory to women that's about being bad or doing wrong or negative-ish, all of that. Now, why is that? You know, I know I've had this conversation before and people are like, ah, oh, Tessa, it's just, it's just music. Come on, blah, blah, blah. And I get that. I understand that. But the messages that you hear over and over and over again, they make it into your thoughts, my loves, whether you notice it or not. Now think about it this way. This goes for single people and people in relationships. If you constantly listen to music that's about doing the partner wrong or cheating or, you know, bad love, you know, all of that, well, subconsciously, I don't think you're going to be in a very loving space. And again, this goes for single or dating, but maybe you're at a place, maybe you're single or think back to when you're single. If all of your music that you play on repeat has messages about broken hearts, my person did me wrong, I got cheated on, or I'm going out to cheat at the club, right? Whatever the case may be. Do you think that's going to help you get in the headspace to find someone? No, I do not. Not if you have all those cumulative hours of talking about how bad love is repeated in your brain over and over. 
You got to listen to some love music, right? Something that makes you feel it, makes you feel good. Maybe picture that person, how you want to love them or be loved. That music that makes you feel love. Same thing if you're in a relationship, right? If you're committed to someone and a whole lot of the things you hear on a regular basis have to do with, again, those bad partners doing them wrong, you are not going to be in a very lovey-dovey headspace. It's so important. I mean, oh, here's one. Think about the shows that you watch, the movie types that you like, all those storylines that you regularly take in. Do you think that that doesn't affect you long-term, right? More than the hour or so that you watch? Well, of course not, especially if it's a long-term show or something like that that you're watching regularly. Like I said, okay, I have a funny one here, but I was actually just talking to my mom. Um, I was getting my ideas together for this recording right here, and I was telling her that I was going to talk about this and just kind of letting her know. And we laughed because she reminded me of our own experience with this, like between her and I, over shows. And it's so funny now, but the poor woman had the worst time. When I went off to college, I had actually graduated high school a little early, so I was barely 17 when I started. But I was a responsible kid, and I was in a good city, and I really gave my parents no reason to worry about me. I was making good grades in the honor societies, honor roll, higher level classes. I was busy in a sorority, all of this. But even after that, my mom started going through this period where she was just tripping. She would call me or reach out being like, I'm so sorry to do this. I don't know what's gotten into me lately, but I'm just so worried that for some reason you're not safe. And she was saying something like, you know, maybe just send me a smiley face or something every now and again, just so I know you're cool. And she even clearly thought about this because she kept apologizing and saying, you know, this isn't you. I'm not saying you're giving me any reason to be crazy about this. I don't have any reason to think you're going missing or doing something irresponsible or getting yourself hurt, but my mama's senses are going crazy. But then we figured it out. And oh my gosh, this was literally just during a period where it was really popular to have new crime shows and the unsolved mysteries and things were super popular. And I guess she realized subconsciously and then finally figured it out that a lot of them tend to have a plot around a younger girl goes off to college. She's being safe, doing everything right. You know, but someone comes and gets her anyway. Or think like the movie Taken. Ooh, that was a scary one. And even though she doesn't really watch TV, maybe just turns something on at night as they wind down or, you know, just not even watching it. It just happened to be that a lot of these shows were seeping into her thoughts. So if you realize that something that you're watching or something that you're taking in, regardless of what it is, if it's music or a show or something, try to change up what you're soaking up in the background. One thing I've talked about on social before that a lot of people really resonated with, and it was a big kind of aha moment, is, man, it helps me so much that, well, first and foremost, developing a morning routine, seriously life-changing. If you don't love your morning routine, find one that you do, ask me for help, we'll work on it together, something. But part of my morning routine is I always get some movement, some kind of workout. 
And usually while I'm doing the cardio piece and then also probably while I'm getting ready afterwards, I'm listening to a book, maybe on psychology or something about holistic functions of the brain and body, or maybe I'm listening to another podcast with a great coach. But what it's doing, it's getting me in the right headspace. I can see such a difference of how I move through the day, how I speak on my live sessions, how I coach and how I think about the coaching sessions before and after. It's such a difference even if I'm doing that versus listening to music or definitely different than doing something like listening to the news. We all know that there are some really devastating things that have happened and are are happening right now. But that is not what I can put my head in first thing in the morning. Because then I'll be sucked into that or emotionally responding to that, which is not helpful or productive for me. Now I can choose later on intentionally to get in the know, start reading about what's going on, but that's intentional. It's not just allowing things to flow into my headspace. And honestly, I spend a lot of time and effort making sure that it does the opposite. That the things around me, whether it's people or what I'm listening to, what I'm watching, but even the environment that I'm in, they fill me up. They energize my battery. Now here's one. So I'm a big believer that a cluttered space is a cluttered mind. Your space and your environment to the most that you can control should make you feel good where you work, right? Where you do your normal to-dos. Is it cluttered and messy? Or is it visually pleasing? Is it an easy place to be? Does it give you a calm feeling? Or when you go in that area, do you feel anxious? Think of your bedroom. Do you feel a sense of comfort when you look in there, when you walk in there? Now, I'm not saying you have to go out and spend a bunch of money or anything. While I can't say that I think investing in your space is a bad idea, if and when you can. But no, I'm just talking about keeping it clean and organized and as least chaotic as possible. As humans, we are aesthetically pleased. So is your space aesthetically pleasing to you? If you're looking for something, when you're going in there, would you get frustrated because you can't find it or... Would you be pleased because you know that it's exactly where it's supposed to be? It's a functional and functioning space. So while we can't change or manipulate a lot of the things we see, like if we're driving down the highway or any commute really, we can't adjust that. We can't change the advertisements and things that are being thrown at us at all times. But what we can do is control way more aspects of what's going into our subconscious than we realize. You can manipulate a lot of what you see. And this is where it comes full circle, my friends. So we've done all of these things. We've gone through, we've evaluated, we've taken stock. We're at a good place in our home, in our actual space. The people that we associate with and give the most of our energy to And the things that we intentionally watch and take in, like TVs, movies, or social media. Or, again, maybe the things that we don't notice as much, like lyrics or the messages that are repeated to you so many times. 
When you really take ownership over all of that and just evaluate it every so often, you know, maybe on your birthday, New Year's, halfway through the year, every quarter or so, whatever makes sense to you, getting that bird's eye view and stepping back to see where your energy is going, where it's draining you and where it's filling you up, and just adjust accordingly. And of course, as always, if you need my help or someone to coach you through this process or something similar, I'm available for one-on-one and group coaching. You can find some of my current packages on my website at www.purposefullifestyledevelopment.com or you can email me directly. It goes right to me. It's info at purposefullifestyledevelopment.com. If you may need something else, you can also follow me on social at the handle Coach Tessa or Coach Tessa PLD and we can connect there. I need to upload some of those beautiful pictures from Napa anyway, because we definitely had taken quite a few. And one last thank you for all of my podcast listeners who's been with me the entire time or just joining in. You're the first ones I get to tell about this. I have partnered with Daily Harvest. Anyone who uses the code COACHTESSA at checkout gets $40 off of their first order. So yes, anything I can do to make your life a little bit more simple and a little bit more enjoyable, I'm going to do that. And Daily Harvest is perfect for that. If you don't know what it is, Daily Harvest is one of the most amazing services. They deliver delicious food right to your door and everything is ready in minutes. And the plans are super flexible for whatever you need. So maybe it's weekly or monthly. You can get anywhere between nine, I think up to 26 items. And you can even skip some weeks. I know I talk to a lot of folks about nutrition as well. And here you can be gluten-free if you need. There's dairy-free and plant-based. So really no matter what your dietary preference is, you've got something. It's organic, it's nourishing and clean, and I love this. The most added bonus, it's made with earth in mind. So tomorrow I'm getting in. So the day this podcast comes out, I'm getting in my next shipment. I am so excited. You can pick anything between smoothies, flatbreads, harvest or forager bowls, ice cream scoops. They've got some lattes, soups, snacks, and more. So again, if you want to try them out for yourself, I've got you hooked up with code COACHTESSA at checkout at Daily Harvest. And of course, for more simplicity, I've got the link and all the links you could ever need down in the description box below. But all right, my loves, that's where I'll leave us today. I want to thank you so much for joining in on this conversation with me. And each week, every Monday, we're going to be posting a new episode going a little bit deeper into the conversation of what you can do to train your brain on purpose to really allow for the lifestyle that you want to live. Until next time, my loves, in the meantime, here's to your health and your happiness. <music>